الحمد لله رب العالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ولا مثيل له ولا شبيه له ولا وليد له سبحانه عما يقولون علوا كبيرا وأشهد أن سيدنا وعزيز قلوبنا وحبيب نفوسنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله ولو كره الكافرون ولو كره المشركون ولو كره المنافقون من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه أما بعد Dear committed brothers and sisters, there are many things happening in the world at a global level and at a local level. Many things are happening. Some of these developments are presented in a fashion of disinformation and obviously if we are living our collective selves many of us we just live in our individuality but if we step out of our individuality and live in our larger self then we realize people who have power that means militaries and it means financiers it also means the media and others they don't let go they just almost thrive on misinformation and disinformation nothing new we began this khutbah a little late And there's plenty to say, so you know I'm going to have to try to condense what I originally intended to elaborate on. You can go at your own leisure and take a look at the ayat, roughly 10 or the 10th or 11th ayah of Surat An-Nur, the light the 24th surah in the Quran this ayah begins by saying inna alladheena jaa'u bil ifki usbatun minkum 
Verily, those who have come forth with an ifk is a usbah from among you. The reason I translate the two words ifk and usbah is because I'm going to explain them. Inna ladhina ja'u bil ifki usbatum minkum. What is this ayah saying? What is it referring to? What real life situation is it talking about? In the fifth year of the hijrah, well, before I say that, there are two versions of explaining these ayat. There's about ten ayat that follow. There are two versions of explaining them. One version says that one of the prophet's wives committed adultery. And the other version of it says another of the prophet's wives, not the same one, another one, was guilty of some indiscretion. I'm not here to try to say which one is more authentic or more reliable. I'll just give you the talking points, so to speak. One of, in both cases, whether it is Aisha or whether it is Maria al Qibtiya, these are the two historical explanations we have of which of the Prophet's wives are these ayats speaking about. So to skip those details, this these ayat were revealed in the fifth year of the Prophet's hijrah to Al-Madina. And the echo chambers of Al-Madina, Al-Hijaz, they began to circulate information that one of the Prophet's wives is not a moral person. She's a person of Fahisha. This information began to go from one place to the other until it became something like a fitna among the Muslims, the committed Muslims. This development inside an Islamic social order took place when Muslims had military responsibilities. In other words, this, the Muslims were not just sitting at home and taking it easy and then someone began to spread this disinformation about the Prophet and his household. No. There were, just like in today's world, there are real issues happening. If we can just release ourselves from our individuality, if we can, leave, if we can live 
our larger two billion Muslim configuration in this world. So right now, on this occasion, whichever one of the Prophet's wives it was, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these ayat to express that the Prophet's wife is innocent. So let's retrack a little. Where did this information come from? Without going into the different details, we don't have time for those. This information came from those who were living with the Prophet. They were attending in the Masajid. They were going to their Salah. They were doing whatever is required of them to do. So they began this type of rumor-mongering to try to take the winds out of the Islamic sail. Ifk, the word that's used in the ayah, in Ifk, which we have going on right now, locally, and we have it going on globally. There's an ifk. Ifk, it's explained, is just a lie. Simply speaking, ifk is a lie. That information about the Prophet's wife was a lie. But on further investigation, it is a lie that is extracted from suspicion. Underscore that this sentence, a lie that is extracted from suspicion. Because one of the narratives, I'm just going to take one of them, I have to pick, instead of speaking about Maria Al-Qibtiyah, who gave birth to the Prophet's son Ibrahim, who of course died in infancy. To skip the details of that narrative, we go to the narrative of Aisha. The Prophet had gone on a military responsibility called Bani al-Mustalaq in that fifth year of the Hijrah. And then on his way back, inadvertently, Aisha, his wife, was left behind. And then, after some hours, she approaches Al-Madina with a man. So when these individuals when they saw this they said oh she must have had an affair with this man they didn't have proof they didn't have evidence nothing they just saw this to them this was suspicious 
they built on that suspicion a lie. And that lie began to take, make its rounds among the Muslims of al Madinah. That lie that is built on that suspicion is a particular type of lie. It's not any type of lie. So when you have a lie that is defined by suspicion, that is called ifk. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ جَاءُوا بِالْإِفْكِ عُصْبَةٌ مِنْكُمْ So who are they? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they are a usbah. That's the word of the Qur'an. What does usbah mean? Usbah means that there is a group of people who are averse to someone or to some others. They, they can't get along. They can't include the person or the others among themselves. This is not the first time in the Qur'an that the word usbah is used. Remember the story of Prophet Yusuf السلام, when his brother said, Yusuf and his brother are more dear to our father than we are when we are a usbah. The word asabiya is extracted from the word usba. And asabiya takes on the translation of fanaticism. Usba has a discriminatory connotation to it. They discriminate. These munafiqeen in Al-Madina could not, after all of these years, could not accept the Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his, as one of them. They remained aloof, even though they were praying, they were going to the masjid, they were doing all these things, everything a Muslim would do. On the surface, they were doing all of that. But they had this self, this collective self-centeredness to them. They were schismatics. We have this locally and we have it globally. They're individuals, what can you do? They still consider the Muslim, even though May Allah help us all, even though they should know better. They still consider him an outsider, not one of them. However way they want to phrase themselves, this is nothing new. If you read the ayat, the following sentence says, لا تحسبوه شرا لكم بل هو خير لكم Don't think that this type of development is something that is terrible or that is counterproductive or that is bad. Shar. لا تحسبوه شرا لكم 
بَلْ هُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ Rather, this is something good that has happened. Or else how are we going to know who individuals are? It takes these types of developments to define to us who individuals are. So let them come out, whether they are in the media, the big mouths, or whether they are here whispering among themselves from one place to another, from one person to the other, doesn't matter, Allah sees all of this, and we are confident that all good is going to come out of their suspicion, no basis to it, their doubts, no explanations for them, all of this is going to come out eventually. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has His ways. You can read these ayat. I, as I said, I referred you to them. Surah An-Nur, the 24th surah of the Quran, ayah 10 or 11, all the way up until ayah 20 or 21. Review them. Think about them. Fertilize their meanings in your heart and in your mind together. So that we can move on and not get trapped into rumors and propaganda. That's one portion of the first khutbah. The other portion of this first khutbah is a statement by Imam Ali. He says, يَأْتِي عَلَى النَّاسِ زَمَان There's going to be a time that people are going to experience. لَا يَبْقَى فِيهِمْ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ إِلَّا رَسْمُهُ The only thing that's going to be left of the Qur'an is its feature. The writing of the Qur'an. The ink of the Qur'an, so to speak. That's the way it is. لا يبقى فيه من القرآن إلا رسمه ومن الإسلام إلا اسمه And the only thing that's going to remain of Islam is its name. مساجدهم يومئذ عامرة من البنى the masjids at that time, when you look at the structure, the structures of the masajid are thriving. Look at the masajid, the architecture of the masajid. The expansiveness of the masajid. The decorations of the masajid. Kharabun min al but when it comes to guidance, these masajid are dysfunctional. These masajid are destroyed. Sukkanuha wa ummaruha sharru ahli al-ard. 
the inhabitants or the attendees of these masajid are the worst people on earth. Alhamdulillah, we don't have a masjid. When you look at it, meanings like that, and times like this, and people, whether they are here behind us on Massachusetts Avenue, or whether they are in some other place at a distance from us, they are the worst people on earth. Minhum takhrujul fitna. Fitna is going to come out of them. They work on fitna. That's what they're doing. They've been doing this for a long time. But alhamdulillah, there comes a time where they can no longer hide themselves. This is happening in the Arabian Peninsula, where people are beginning to see who the real characters are. And Hopefully it is happening here in the Washington DC area where people can see who the true characters of people are. They come to Jumu'ah because there's some type of worldly objective to it. They leave Jumu'ah because there's some type of worldly necessity in their mind for it. They have masajid, it's like a shop. Some of them have masajid for them, it's like a shop. وَإِلَيْهِمْ Erroneous things find shelter in them. In these types of people and in th- those types of masajid. يَرُدُّونَ مَنْ عَنْهَا فِيهَا Whoever takes issue with these types of masajid, they repel. It's a fact of life. Look. 36, this sentence has 36 years to it. And it's applicable here and it's applicable in other parts of the Muslim world. And then they drive people who don't want to go into it. Remember in Saudi Arabia, a Christian who is not praying, they don't know who, who the person is. He's in the street walking from one place to another. They say, why aren't you going to the masjid? And they force a non-Muslim to go to the masjid. And the committed Muslim, who is motivated by iman and the understanding of Allah and his prophet, they tell him, get out of here. Stay out. Keep your distance. يَقُولُ اللَّهُ فَبِي حَلَفْتُ لَأَبْعَثَنَّ عَلَىٰ أُولَٰئِكَ فِتْنَةً تَتْرُكُ الْحَلِيمَ حَيْرَانِ Allah says, I'm trying to make this understandable. Allah is saying, I swear by myself. فَبِي حَلَفْتُ لَأَبْعَثَنَّ عَلَىٰ أُولَٰئِكَ I will send against those a fitna, a sedition that will have the most tolerant person confused. How accurate a description of the times and the, that we are in and the peoples who are around us. 
As I said, that I had more to say in this first khutbah, and I will end it. And I hope you listen to this with your heart and mind together. In the time of Muawiyah, the manabir of these masajid, these masajid have metastasized. It become malignant since that time. It took centuries for this to happen, but it began then. In the masajid at that time, it, official instructions were to those who ascend the minbar to condemn and to damn al-Imam Ali and his family. That was the policy. Muawiyah, this policy, this is Muawiyah's policy. Muawiyah got information, there's a certain person, one of these khatibs, one of these imams in the Jumu'ah, who's not condemning an Imam Ali. He's not saying bad words in the khutbah against him. So Muawiyah summons him, says, come here. I want, I, I want to speak to you. The person goes. Muawiyah tells him, I heard, I have information that you are not condemning Al-Imam Ali in your khutbah. He says, yes, your information is correct. I'm not condemning him. He said, I want you to condemn Al-Imam Ali in your khutbah. He said, no, it's, it, you know, relieve me of that. I don't want to do it. My heart doesn't, doesn't agree. He said, I order you to do that. Now, this person knows who he is. He knows who Muawiyah is, and he's stuck right now. If he refuses, he knows he's going to probably be executed. So he said, okay, I'll see what I can do. This person says, I'll see what I can do. The masjid in which he was giving the khutbah for all of these years, people know who this person is. Never said anything bad about an Imam Ali. And people know in his heart he is supportive of an Imam Ali. So what does he do? And he knows Muawiyah is going to send his informers. Just like sometimes they send informers here. He's going to send his informers and the information is going to go back to him. So in his khutbah, this person said, I'm going to try to word this so that you can understand it without confusion because it's a tricky wording. He said, Muawiyah spoke to me and told me to condemn Al-Imam Ali. Condemn him. I'll say that again. This man on Friday, on the minbar, speaking to his congregation said within his khutbah, Muawiyah told me to damn Al-Imam Ali, damn him. This statement could be understood in two ways. 
The first way you understand this statement is Muawiyah told me to condemn Al-Imam Ali So condemn Al-Imam Ali That's, Anyone listening to this would understand that Others could understand the him at the word him at the end of the sentence to mean Muawiyah. Muawiyah told me to condemn Al Imam Ali, condemn him, meaning Muawiyah. Now, this this statement could be a statement of suspicion. Because some people understood it this way, others understood it that way. How how is someone to dispel the confusion or the suspicion? How do you dispel that? You dispel it by the character of this person. All of his years in life, people understanding who we are. Is it possible for him to mean by what he said that he wanted his congregation to condemn Al-Imam Ali. You ask yourself and you answer yourself. May Allah guide us all. May Allah forgive those of us who are eroding because of their suspicions. And may he give us the stamina and the patience to continue until we surrender ourselves eventually to him aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum ud'uhu subhanahu wa antum ala yaqin bil ijabah wa tubu ila allah inna allah tawabun rahim alhamdulillah bi jami'i al-mahamid ala jami'i al-ni'am وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم My dear brothers, my dear sisters, my dear committed Muslims It's sad said that we have to allocate time to deal with psychological problems among ourselves that's sad when we should be and we try as much as we can in this khutbah to focus our attention on the life and death issues that are that have become at least our mental responsibility you know in the past couple of weeks there have been some significant developments in the Arabian Peninsula two of them stand out one of them is there's been some explosions or a sabotage concerning some oil tankers in the Gulf The gulf between the Arabian Peninsula and Iran. 
You know, one time when you think about this, because we Muslims, we live with each other, we hear each other. Some Muslims say this is the Arabian Gulf, and other Muslims say this is the Persian Gulf. Am I saying something wrong? Isn't this a fact of life? It's what's going on. An ayah in the Quran says, وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ And they prefer others to themselves even though they are in need. You can mark my words that Muslims will become mature when those who are living in the Arabian Peninsula call that body of water the Persian Gulf, and those who are living in Persia call that body of water the Arabian Gulf. If we can't mature enough to love for our brothers something that we think belongs to us, we're going to continue to go in this in these types of circles. You'll remember these words. May Allah give you enough life. Tens of years, especially the young ones in front of us. To hopefully see this type of maturity among the Muslims. Anyways, that's beside the point. What I wanted to say is, there's two developments. One of them is the sabotage of these oil tankers last week and just yesterday. And the other development is that there's been aerial bombardment of military installations belonging to the Saudi Zionist regime. One of those airports was in a city called Abha. And as a result of that military targeting, the Imam of the Haram in Mecca, and he's also responsible for the Haram in Medina. The Saudi tyrants gave him the responsibility of the two Harams. You oversee them. What did he say? He says, yesterday, immediately, or the day before, immediately after the bombing of that airport, he says, the news reports that 28 people were injured. It's a civilian airport. He says, this is Amalun Irhabi. This is a terrorist act. Look who's speaking. This shows that their morals are corrupt. This is a Sudai speaking about the Yemenis. And it also shows that their intentions are bad. And it shows that they how aggressive they have become. And I'm quoting this word by word. And this exposes their plans. Their their unbecoming, their low level, their despicable plans. This is what he's saying. 
باستهداف المدنيين الامنين because they are targeting civilians who are supposed to be safe what are you what have you what have you your country your regime your officials your military your ruling family what have they been doing in yemen for the past four years you killed three thousand innocent babies and children you targeted funerals wedding occasions hospitals schools airports and you speak now because people are trying to defend themselves 18 to 20 million Yemenis may be starving because of you you're not the Imam of Al-Haram Al-Makki you're the Imam of Al-Haram Al-Malaki You're not the Imam of the Holy Sanctuary in Mecca. You're the Imam of the Royal Sanctuary in Riyadh and in Jeddah. Have you ever heard of their fatwas concerning... Did they give their opinions, these types of scholars for dollars? Did they give their opinion about the killing of one of their own citizens, Khashoggi? They chopped his body to death. And then they killed the news items about him. And Allah says, قِفُوهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ مَسْؤُولُونَ Have them stand to account for what they are doing. The daughter of the king, MBS's sister, is supposed to appear next month in court in France, in Paris. We doubt that she's going to appear in court. She has to appear in court because one of her bodyguards physically abused a laborer who came to do some handiwork in her apartment a couple of years ago or so. For the first time, the Israelis have disclosed and shown pictures of Mecca and the Medina that go back to the year 1795. That's over 200 years ago. How, where did they get it from? These are pictures that belong to the Ottomans when they were in charge of Mecca and Medina. How did the Israelis get a hold of these? We want to know. These pictures don't walk by themselves and go right there to Tel Aviv. And then this coming January, less than a year from now, about half a, half a year from now, there's going to be an official Israeli delegation going to Saudi Arabia. And who invited them? It wasn't an Amir, it wasn't a king, although we know that the order came from them. 
It was Rabitat Al-Alam Al-Islami, the Muslim World League, supposed to be an Islamic organization. And you invite the Zionists to the land of Mecca and Al-Medina. You trace these people. I have to skip some of these news items that are coming out of that kingdom of darkness. What happened to the Islamic healthy attitude of living with the other? Accepting the other. I'm sorry, talking about here especially Muslims. What happened to that? Imam al-Shafi'i says in one of the statements that obviously in the in the Wahhabi kingdom you'll never live comfortably with a statement like that. He says, رأي صواب يحتمل الخطأ ورأي غير خطأ يحتمل الصواب. He says, my informed opinion is true but I may be wrong and the informed opinion of the other scholar is wrong but it may be right a very educational statement that because of the polarization that these Wahhabis have created for themselves, for the Arabian Peninsula, for the Muslims, and for the world, oh no, things like this have to be black or white. You have to be with us or against us. We had this in our we had we had a school of thought that said al manzila bayna al manzilatayn certain issues some scholars wanted to say that that is an issue of iman others said no it's an issue of kufr and it can't there's nothing in between some muslims who gave some of their mental capacity to some type of issue said no there is an area in between all of this is gone. You don't find any of that because of the money and the influence that they they're, they're, they've just inaugurated what they call a halal disco in Jeddah. How's how's their halal disco? They defined it by saying, "Oh, we're not going to be. It's a disco, but we're not going to be serving any liquor or any." alcohol or intoxicants in the disco and this caused such a ruckus in the social media in Arabia in the past week or so that the officials there had to investigate what is going on so they found out they gave the permit they gave a license for an entertainment club but with conditions and because those conditions are violated, because there is some video of un-Islamic dress and dancing, etc., in that place, that they closed the thing down. 
That's that's the first thrust. We'll open it and then we'll close it. Give it time. Give it a year or two. We'll try it again. This is what they're doing. This is what they want. This is we're not speaking, brothers and sisters. We're not speaking about somewhere in Manassas or in Silver Spring. We are speaking somewhere in the land of revelation, in the land of Allah's Prophet, in the land of the Quran, in the land of the Kaaba and the Haram and Mecca and Al Medina. They're getting away with this and they will continue to do this. We have some of these quote unquote scholars in the Arabian Peninsula they get paid more than nuclear scientists they get paid more they get paid there more than nuclear scientists here and they're more effective nuclear scientists may work on nuclear bombs that have not killed the number of people that these types of scholars are responsible for having killed in the past 20, 30, 40 years. Brothers and sisters, there's so much information here. Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, 50 years ago, come August, on the solar calendar, it's going to be 50 years, in August 1969, someone tried to burn Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And then these heads of state, they convened in Morocco, and that's when the OIC came into existence, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. That's when it came into existence. In support of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, now they're selling Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, they're selling Palestine, they're selling Mecca and Al-Medina, they're selling everything that is sanctified. The Zionists went to, I'll end with this, the Zionists this past week, they went to Tunisia. There's a Yehudi, what you may call holy place in a city in Tunisia called Jarba. They go there, it's like they're paying their respects or whatever. And they, that's, they're free, alhamdulillah. Muslims, Christians, and Jews should be able to go wherever they want to go on with their religious conscience and with their true devotion to the Creator. No problem. But then as they were there, they said, we, wanted to go, we want to go and see the house of Abu Jihad. Abu Jihad was a, an active Palestinian who was forced out of the immediate area around colonized Palestine with other Palestinian leaders they went to Tunisia and then the Mossad and the Israeli government had a hit team that went and assassinated him in his residence in Tunisia in Tunis the capital of Tunisia these Zionists now they want to go and see that and because we have no backbone we have no muscle, no political backbone, no ideological muscles. 
like jellyfish. They want to go here, they want to go there. Yeah, you can come, go, whatever you want. Zionist. There's no one discriminate. No one draws the line between who's a Zionist and who's a Jew. We can do that very comfortably with our Islamic knowledge. But who does that in these types of masajid? Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'ah wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ijtinabah ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم اهدنا فيمن هديت وعافنا فيمن عافيت تولنا فيمن توليت وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك وإنه لا يذل من واليت ولا يعز من عاديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت فلك الحمد على ما قضيت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك وصلى الله على محمد وآل محمد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة